You're listening to the Stag Sports Network Podcast, only on FairfieldStags.com. And welcome to this special Stag Sports Network Podcast. JJ Duke here with you. Hope that you all are doing well as we kind of continue on with uh, checking in with a number of our coaches, a number of our administrators, and I'm really happy to be joined right now by Mike Harris, who's um, the Assistant Director of Athletics for Sports Performance. And Mike, I know uh, these last few months have certainly been a test uh, for not only the student-athletes and trying to keep themselves in some sort of good shape, but for you to design things. So I'm curious how things have been going for you over the last couple of months. Hi, JJ. Uh, thanks for having me. Really excited to chat with you for a bit today. Um, you know, a big fan of what you guys been doing with, with the media and, um, you know, your incorporation of Mr. Paul Schlickman and kind of how this, this whole um, department has, has rounded across this um, the summer and how everything's gone and how you're keeping everyone in touch. I really appreciate it. Um, I'd say the big thing that we've done over the summer is having to incorporate a lot more body weight stuff than we would have normally done which I think is um, essentially that's typical for all strength conditioning programs right now where everyone is stuck at home for the most part or in some level of quarantine. Big thing that, um, that we talk to our athletes about and, and that a lot of strength coaches might reiterate, especially on social media, is we, we don't want our athletes just to perform bodyweight exercises at random and just do the, a workout of the day that they're reading about on, on Instagram or something like that because – we still want to achieve goals. And those are conversations that we've had with coaches and with athletes right at the beginning of all this in early March and mid-March was having a plan so that uh, when the athletes come back, they're still able to accomplish certain parameters. And luckily, you know, I'm, I just finished my first full year at Fairfield and some of the testing that we had done in the weight room was body weight control and coordination and um, mobility testing. So in, in, our, in our room, we've done the push-ups, pull-ups, overhead squat, things like that. A lot of those things could still be challenged and worked on at home. So with those goals in mind, we've still put together programs where, yes, they might have a lot of body weight stuff, but it is still going to follow a, follow a periodized program. So they're still going to have days of, of high volume and low intensity and days of high intensity, low volume. They're still going to have um, their high and low tempo uh, conditioning. So sprint days, maybe a little bit more of a uh, aerobic steady state heart rate day. Uh, we're incorporating our recovery in there, the mobility, flexibility, everything in between. We've also done things where we put our uh, yoga sessions or whatever that might be on our Instagram. So athletes can take a look at that and follow along. So it, even though it's looked different, we're still able to, you know, reach out and, and help our athletes accomplish those goals. You talk about um, your first year here with Fairfield. And I'm kind of curious, on the outside looking in, uh, when you're considering the opportunity to come to Fairfield, you obviously have had a very strong background in this industry. Uh, you were working at Yale for uh, the previous five or six years before coming over to Fairfield. So what did you see when um, the opportunity was there for you to make the move down I-95 in essence to come here. And what were your kind of hopes and goals uh, in taking the job? That's a very thoughtful question. Um, so first and foremost, I, I have some connections with Fairfield that go a lot deeper than me just starting a new job here. My 
sister-in-law was the captain of the basketball team. She graduated in 2014. My mother-in-law and father-in-law both went to Fairfield and they actually met at school. So I was kind of a Stags fan before I even knew that this job had opened up. And so when, when the opportunity arose, it was actually really cool because um, I had a weekend planned with, with her, my, my wife's family. So um, the second we found out that um, I was actually even interviewing for the position, everyone was really excited. Um, and I actually had my, my brother-in-law gave me a pair of Fairfield socks that he had from when he was a student. And so I wore them in my interview and, and people noticed those, those little things, uh, you know, just a, a small touch of showing how much you care and, and how much you're uh, excited about a, a possible position. So uh, I would say that was the biggest thing for me is just knowing that I understood the alumni network, the, the care and the love that people put into what it is to be a stag. And even since I started, I recognized such a strong sense of community in the school where uh, if I'm working, even not, not working uh, for a game, but working at being at a game, a women's basketball game, for instance, and seeing Allison Sexton in the stands, you know, seeing our other head coaches mingling around and hanging out with, with friends and family and being a part of that environment. Um, for me, that is, that is absolutely wonderful. And that's something that I really wanted to be a part of. So I'm super excited that that's something that I was able to step into. Now, throughout this season, you've really had to immerse yourself in making connections with each and every one of our teams and really each of the individuals that uh, participate on those teams. So it, it's always an interesting thing kind of to dive into because you've had these student athletes who have put their trust in a previous strength and conditioning coach, sports performance coaches, and now you come in. So what has that been like, not only kind of understanding the values of the school, but each of the teams and what each team and each athlete want to get out of their time at Fairfield. So for, I know for student athletes, the transition is always going to be difficult at first. I was a division three athlete and every one to two years, I had a different strength conditioning coach. I had a different position coach on my football team. You kind of get used to having to rotate through people. So for us to transition into this new role and, hopefully have a sense of continuity from year to year now moving forward. I'm, I'm hoping that the athletes have, have gotten a good grasp of what we're asking for as a staff. Um, what they got from the last strength conditioning coach, obviously, is, is really up to their own opinion. I'm just hoping that I'm bringing something that they didn't recognize before in the sense of showing how much I care, showing how much we want them to work hard but have fun. It's a big part of what we talk about. Our open door policy, I would say, is somewhat unique compared to uh, anyone else, really, in, in most offices, because of the fact that it's literally you walk in and we want you, we want you to be excited to be a part of that environment. You know, so it's not in the traditional sense of an administration where, um, you know, an open door policy is you you are literally knocking and, and checking to see if they're in the office. We're there all day, every day, and we want people to want to be a part of that. So there's always a delicate balance between are you pushing athletes too hard and they're not happy, but the coaches are, or are you not pushing them hard enough and they're happy, but the coaches are not. So the balance between challenging them in a healthy way and letting them understand why you are challenging them in those ways and what you're trying to accomplish, um, that goes, that goes a long way for us. And that's a, that's a really tough thing to do, but I think we've done a good job of getting there this year already. And for athletes, for the parents, for our coaches, the understanding of we're, we're not just developing 
an athlete today. We're developing an athlete for this season, for this year, for their future, for their lifetime. Um, you know, something that I tell parents is, you know, everyone's someone's son or daughter. Everyone has one spine for their whole life. You know, so on top of trying to improve as an athlete, no matter the sport, if you're soccer, if you're swimming, if you're basketball, lacrosse, whatever that might be, you're, you're going to become a better athlete and better in tune to play that sport. But then you're also going to be a, a more thoughtful and intelligent person when you enter some sort of fitness facility after you graduate. And you can, you can step into a building and say, I remember Coach Mike asked me to do this or Coach John asked me to do that and, and be confident in their abilities to, to continue as a healthy adult after. And it's crazy to think, too, in addition to the relationship that you gather with the student-athletes, with the coaches and the administration, but how much sports performance has truly become the main focal point of any sport at the moment? I mean, it's crazy to think where 20 years ago you weren't even really talking so much about strength training and stuff like that. You know, athletes would go out, work on technique, work whatever they need to do on the field, and that was about it. But now if you don't have a proper staff, that's taking care of the student athletes off the field, making sure that they're up to shape, it, things kind of go by the wayside. So for you, for Fairfield in the, your first, well, let's say up until March um, from July of 2019 to March, 2020, do you feel like you've hit the mark that you needed to? I do. I do. You're, you're never, you're never happy. You always want more, but in my discussion with our athletes, our coaches, our administration, my staff, we recognize that we are heading exactly in the direction that we are looking ahead. There's of course things that I want to make sure that get a little bit more focus this upcoming year. Our, our nutrition, our fueling station is something that was big for me to really tackle. And uh, you know, in, in our change of contract with whole foods, a lot of that stuff kind of fell out of our hands. And it, for me, I take that personally because that's something that I have a very strong emphasis on and want to make sure that we're giving the athletes the best options available. So something like that, I definitely want to make sure that we are picking up in this new year. And, and with that, we have to make sure that everything we have is individually packaged or we have options to consume uh, with, with a utensil or whatever that might be if something was mass handled. For instance, our chocolate milks, um, we know that those have been handled by multiple people. So we're going to make sure that we have cups available out of a dispenser so that our athletes are just touching the cup and able to pour the chocolate milk and instead of actually putting their mouth to a carton that other people have touched. And those are considerations that I think most places had not really had to have before. So those are things that we're looking at. But in, in the grand scheme of things, we try to make sure that we're looking in the mirror very often and we're recognizing what our, what our strong suits are. We're recognizing what needs to be addressed. And, uh, you know, my assistant, John, who, you know, he's, he's been a, a stag for about six years now. He had a very good understanding of what he wanted to see from our student athletes and from our programs. And he was wonderful in, in, in stepping up and in accepting the new things that I was trying to add into our program um, without necessarily just, you know, throwing everything, everything to the wayside that he's, he's started to, to develop over the years. So in, in that sense, it's also our allotment of teams to make sure that if he's built a sense of trust and ownership with certain groups and certain coaches, that he's able to continue to build on that relationship. And I don't change that for, for, you know, no reason at all, if you will. So um, it overall, the grand scheme of things, I think, uh, you know, I think we're doing a very good job. But of course, um, you know, I, I'd be, I'd be short sighted to say that, um, you know, we're, we've done it all, of course. Now, you brought up something that I didn't even think about in my 
uh, prep for this, but it's, it is important. Now we talk about so much of the strength and conditioning for student athletes, but you look at how things have gone the last few months where the nutrition side of things that has changed dramatically ever since um, we've gone basically into lockdown uh, due to the coronavirus. You don't have had the opportunity to really kind of dic- not dictate so much, but to make sure you know what's going into you know the mouth of the student athletes, what's nutritious, what's not. Not this is not a knock, of course, on the parents of the student athletes because they're doing the best that they can. But at the same time, there hasn't been that sort of you know keyed on focus on knowing exactly what nutrients are going into the body. So when the student athletes are going to be coming back this fall how much of that has to be readjusted knowing that there might be a little extra to get back to the base where you were? That's, I'd say the question that everyone's been asking and that's probably the biggest thing that we've had to prepare for. And when it comes to our staff and, and the max strength conditioning coaches in general, we, we have been meeting almost weekly to discuss kind of the, the trials and tribulations of what we're to see. So it's interesting. Um, we're going to have limited capacity volume in training to start. And that's something that uh, Mark Ayotte, our head athletic trainer and myself have done a lot of work together to, to really solidify. And we, we need to make sure that when our athletes do step back on campus and when they do start their training and their testing with us, that we do not do too much too quick. A lot of people have been assuming that the athletes have done nothing. A lot of people are assuming their athletes have been on point and doing everything that they asked for. I'm assuming I don't know. For me, that's the biggest thing. I don't know what, any, what anyone has done. I, I'm, I've had discussions with athletes who have checked in with me and let them know how, how things are. But as a collective group, we need to have some level of that testing to at least see, okay, you did a great job. You maybe not so much, and we need to catch up on things. But that's why our, our, first, our first week of conditioning is going to be 50% of our traditional volume. And with essentially all of our teams right now being technically off season because of the, the ruling of canceling false sports competition, they're all going to be in a very similar boat when it comes to that testing. And so everyone's going to start at a very similar position for us. And we're going to make sure that on a week to week basis, we progress in a very thoughtful and scientific way. The NSCA, uh, National Strength and Conditioning Association, and the Collegiate Strength and Conditioning Coaches Association have joined together to create a task force and put together joint guidelines that outline what they would expect that to look like. So we have put those together along with our calendar of, of sports and needs to help us get a really good timeline as to when we're able to do certain things, when we'd expect teams to go back to practice, and what happens uh, was just something brought up the other day. What happens if someone's quarantined because they're coming from a hot state or they're coming international? And the team starts to train with us while they're in quarantine. And for us, we also need the parents to understand that if, you're, if your child is in quarantine, when they come out, we're not putting them in. If, if the rest of the team's going at 80%, they're not going at 80%. They're starting at day one at 50% and moving from there. And, you know, just seeing some of the professional athletes who have come back and some of the injuries and the people opting out and all those things considered, we need to make sure that, if we are going to err, we err on the side of caution because uh, it's human beings you're working with. You know, when, when you hurt someone, that's, that's a very, very serious thing. And when we look back to 
schools like Oregon, Maryland, who have had the rhabdo issues and people passing out and whatnot. Those, those are things that if we're doing our job correctly, should never happen. And I have to make sure that as, as the sports performance coach for Fairfield, that that's exactly what, what we're looking at is how do we make sure that every single athlete that steps into our building onto our field is able to step off on their own accord and be better for it. So that's been big for us. Um, we also need to make sure that with our student athletes training over the summer, they understand our activities of daily living have changed. So we call those ADLs for short. And essentially, if, if I'm normally working in the weight room and I have 10,000 steps in before 10 a.m., and now I'm spending most of my days at a computer programming and doing all of our virtual work, now those 10,000 steps might not happen until 4.30 in the afternoon. And that's just a very simple idea of how much different our level of activity might be if we're not adding in some variation of, you know, steps or miles or whatever that might be to help stay uh, at least in an equilibrium compared to where we were before we left. So there's a lot of things that we need to consider and, and a lot of things that we're planning for with our student athletes. You know, we're, we're confident that our, our coaches understand that not everyone's going to be in the same, uh, on the same page when they come back, not everyone's going to be in the same shape and that we're going to take our time and prep our athletes to the best of our ability. So, um, you know, we don't, we don't have any, small or large issues down the road. And we take a lot of pride in the fact that we, we don't have a lot of uh, hamstring issues, a lot of those soft tissue, non-contact issues. That was a big thing for me coming in is making sure that we're, we're starting to incorporate the right amounts of the right exercise and the right amounts to help make sure that our athletes are not missing game time. So with that being said, now we, we have to take all those other uh, you know, precautions into consideration and move forward from there. Certainly appreciate your candidness on that front. And it kind of sparked a two-part question because obviously you've watched a lot of what's been going on on the professional side of things. Um, this past summer, obviously our student athletes didn't really have an idea of what was going to be happening in the fall, potentially going on to the winter. So they've kind of been in a very questioned state as they do their workouts. And then we have our fall athletes who just found out that in the Mac, there will be no fall competition. So my question is to you, how do you keep the group, and we'll have this as a collective for all student athletes, how do you keep the group motivated, even though the fact that there is no games happening for the foreseeable next few months, especially knowing that we've got the fall teams that usually, this is what, day of recording, July 30th, you'd probably have a few teams already reporting for their preseason and there'd be games kicking off in a few weeks time. They don't have that now. So how do you keep them going? You know, <laughs> I'd say moving forward for the fall, when, when athletes are arriving, our, our students as a collective, I believe are arriving on August 24th. Once they get in and we start our testing, our, our big message is going to be taking a day at a time. When, when we have people saying, well, I'm not going to be competing until next September or next October. What about today? Because today's obviously what matters the most and how you treat today, how you treat yourself today, how you treat the people around you today is going to have the greatest impact on how you are and who you are when it comes to your, your season, whether that is this spring or next fall. Uh, so for us, it's really, I, I try to tell myself all the time, put one foot in front of the other. Don't, don't look too far ahead. And that, that, that works out when we're doing our conditioning. 
you know, don't, don't look at the finish line. Look, look at where you're heading right now. Like don't, don't, don't look too far into the distance because people get caught up in that and, and it can become overwhelming in the sense that I might, I might still have 375 days till I can compete. That's tough. That's, that's a tough pill to swallow. So, um, you know, for us, I, I'd say the biggest thing is making sure that when they do come into the weight room, of course, it's going to be a very different normal as, as is everything else right now. But when they come in that we do not allow things to become redundant, uh, in the same sense, we, we often try to keep things simple, but in the sense, uh, in the complementary sense of that, we might still be performing very simple exercises, but in different variations that can test the body in, in unique ways. So the athletes are, they understand exactly how things should feel and how it should feel when it's correct. And we're able to continue to progress in the sense of, you know, a daily challenge. And sometimes that might be uh, group challenges. We've had teams where they'll, they'll do group finishers at the end of a day. It might be, uh, you know, whoever, whoever wins this group challenge picks the music for tomorrow or if it's a bigger challenge, it might pick the music for the whole next week or something like that, uh, which often leaves a lot more people upset than happy. But when we when we do little things like that, um, you know, I think it, it at least helps keep them mentally engaged. But at the end of the day, you know, these are athletes. They have a, a specific amount of intrinsic motivation. And, you know, you mentioned my history at Yale. I, I'd say the Fairfield student athletes are very similar in the sense that they're very academically driven. They're very intellectual, intellectual, and they're very intrinsically motivated. So, for us as a sports performance department, that makes our lives a little bit easier, because as they as they do garner our trust, then we're able to get more and more out of them, just because they are so eager to work hard and be a better version of themselves. So, in that sense, it's going to make it a little bit easier. Where I know some schools might not be able to have that same uh, ability and the same population of athletes. But, you know, we're in it with them. And, and so that's kind of probably the end message for me is, is, you know, I know how hard it is. And you know what? We're, we're here with you every single step of the way. And, again, we mentioned open door policy. Our doors are always open. You know, we consider ourselves a safe space where athletes can come and talk about anything that they need to and understand that we're not here to judge them. We're here to listen to them and, and help guide them in the most positive way possible. Well, I think you just kind of buttoned it up nicely right there because there's a lot of nice words of wisdom, but at the same time, it definitely sounds amongst the feelings that everyone knows that there is a common goal at the end of the day. And once we get back onto the courts or onto the fields of play, everybody's going to be buzzing and ready to go. And certainly it sounds like you guys have the makings of a solid framework and a good plan to get all the athletes back into shape. So Mike truly appreciate the time that you've given to us. And I think a lot of people probably learned a lot of things as well. Thank you so much, JJ. I appreciate it. Definitely. Well, that's going to do for today's episode of the Stags Sports Network special podcast. Make sure to stay with us on fairfieldstags.com as we head closer and closer towards the fall. If you want to reach out to us on social media, you can do so by reaching out to us on Twitter and Instagram at Fairfield Stags. And for the Stags Sports Network, you can find us on Twitter at Stags Sportsnet. So until next time, this is JJ Duke signing off. Go Stags. Thank you for listening to the Stags Sports Network podcast. For past and future podcasts, visit fairfieldstags.com.